0: This is a three-video series from Josh Jostis, who's a high school coach in central Illinois at a small school called Moroa Forsyth. Uh, they win on repeat. When they're down, they win eight games. And when they're up, they're state championship good. They've played in eight state title games over the last 15 years and uh, they throw the heck out of the ball, but what they really throw a ton of, probably more than anyone I've seen, are screens. So, no one better to learn some screen game from. Hope you enjoy this. This one's actually over on our YouTube channel now, so look us up, Chief Pigskin on YouTube. You can find this one on YouTube uh, as well. Hi, I'm Josh Jostis at Morell Forsyth High School in Moreau, Illinois. And uh, we're a small school, 2A uh, football in Illinois. We have about 380 kids in our high school, and we have about 75 kids out for football. So uh, football is a big deal in our community, and, and fortunately, hopefully it doesn't change anytime soon. So uh, this is going to be my presentation on our screen game. I think screen game is probably the most important piece to our offense, and, and it's been very successful for us, and I'm hoping to share some of that with you today. Um, so just an opening slide and to give you a little bit background information on us, um, we've played in seven out of the last uh, 12 state championship games. Unfortunately, we're two and five in those games, so definitely uh, looking for pointers how to uh, make that a little bit better. But uh, we've been very blessed at our high school with kids that are really willing to work hard and do things the right way. And uh, because of that, we've been very successful in my last uh, 14 years there. I've been at Moreau for 18. It hasn't always been easy. We were six and 21 when uh, my first three years. So I I have seen both sides. And um, I feel like this is a way you can incorporate your athletes in your school and get kids to buy in. Um, We joke all the time that we need more than one football to be successful uh, on on our team. Um, I had seven kids this year with more than 400 yards of varsity offense. So uh, we still have our bell cows, but we have kids that feel like they're just as important and and therefore we get them to practice and play uh, like we expect. So that's what we're gonna be going over today. And um, that's our screen game information. So the first slide I have for you to look at today is gonna be my contact information. Please feel free to reach out to me. I might be the last person in the country that doesn't have Facebook, but one of my assistants runs a Facebook page. So you could reach out that way. I personally have a Twitter account and then we have our football Twitter account. There's also uh, my webpage at the high school and I've included my um, cell phone number and my email address. So please feel free to reach out to me. I'll try and show, show this slide. Uh, More than one time today in case anybody misses that but I I would appreciate uh, Any feedback that you have and any questions that you have I'd be happy to answer Um, This is my off season, and this is what we try and do to get better also is attend a bunch of clinics and and uh, We we always talk in our system that I'm trying to come up with five things to improve on every year in our program and, and the way I pick those is always Um, the five things I thought we did the poorest job at as coaches and as a team this year. And um, so hopefully this helps you if it's something you're looking forward to, glad to talk screen game. I have probably ran every screen that you could possibly run and then settled on our package that we have became very successful at. So just some more pictures, uh, highlights, but screen game uh, is the key to our success, we feel like. and i'm going to have some stats that are going to back that up as we go to talk um, about the screen game the first thing that i want everybody to know about our program is uh, obviously with the success that we've had recently um, we, we could judge our our success factor with wins and losses and it is not um, what we are trying to do in our mission statement to our kids And and incidentally, I have a uh, Champions manual that I share on Google Drive with all of our kids. We're a Google school, so every one of my kids has a Google email address and uh, so we share lots of stuff, surveys, climate surveys, kids vote for their awards, we vote for uh, two of our captains on on Google, we send Google surveys out three different times a season, the kids set their goals on Google, um, and then I have access to all that. So our champion's manual is a 200 slide presentation, um, and it explains to kids every day from what they have to wear to weights on Monday, um, June the 12th, to you know what the state championship week agenda will be, and um, I feel like we get good buy-in. Uh, we tell our freshmen they need to study this document and know it. The good thing about using Google is, is the kids don't have a paper copy, which I think is great because then they don't lose it. And two, anytime I make changes and update the champions manual, it goes to them straight. So this is the the first slides, the first three slides you've seen. I actually just pulled straight off of our champions manual changed it a little bit into our screen game, but here's the first thing our kids need to know about playing football for us, is our goal is to build accountable young men that are gonna be driven to be champions in all areas of their life. Our number one goal is they will become trustworthy, honest, and caring young men, that will become leaders in life, and you will want your daughter to marry one of them. And that's where we start with our kids, and we tell all the kids that if that's not what your aiming point is by joining the Trojan football team, it's probably not aimed at the right spot. And uh, because we've been fortunate enough to have kids that are willing to buy in and do this, um, success has also followed us on the football field. And I'm a football coach. I mean, I judge myself. uh, Like I said, I lost the state championship about two weeks ago, uh, roughly two weeks ago. And uh, it still eats at me now. I haven't watched the game yet. we had our chances and should have finished out the game and should should be celebrating our third state championship, and, and we're not. So I, when, when I tell you it's not about wins and losses, I do mean that, but I also tell you that we pride ourselves on win, winning games, and um, screen game is going to be a big part of that. So things I'm going to talk to you about today and kind of break up my whole um, um, presentation for you today. The seven chapters that I'm going to go through today, the first one will be our receiver screens. So we're going to be talking about um, three different sets uh, for us. We, we will be talking about a uh, bubble screen, which is primarily going to go to our slot receivers, although you will see how we incorporate our tailback into our bubble screen. Uh, we also have what we call a quick screen, And that is the old Miami screen that uh, virtually everybody runs, I think. And uh, that's getting the ball out to our split end in a two by two set, Uh, our split end on a three by one set, getting it out to the uh, three side. And then it also involves how we get it out to our single receiver side, which we don't run as much anymore, but we can still run it. And I'll show you why we don't, because um, uh, we have a tunnel screen that we'll be talking to. Uh, which is another part of my receiver screens. And and the one that is the newest for us, and also the one that has had the most success recently for us, Uh, we scored on it in the state championship game again this year on the first drive down the field from 52 yards out. Um, So I'm I'm gonna go through the, the bubble screen, the tunnel screen, and the quick screen for my receivers and show you how we get all of those different receivers involved. Next up, our second chapter, will be talking about running back screens. And um, basically, this is your old-fashioned um, slow screens, getting linemen out in front, sell pass first. Um, our receiver screens are all going to be quick screens, um, meaning we get the ball out of our hand, and we don't care that we sold run or pass. Um, it is nice if we can hold some linebackers, and I'll show you how we attempt to hold some linebackers for a step of one or a count of one and give our tackles uh, the first step. So running back screens are going to be we have a left screen and we have a right screen it's pretty simple for us everything for us is college name. so um, when, we, when we call these it's going to have a college name that uh, has an l involved and it's going to have uh, a college name that's got an r involved for example louisville would be a left screen uh, for us um, kind of change the names around so that people don't pick us up I, i'm all no huddle um, we can be verbal Most of the time it is built off a wristband and I'm just calling in plays and I'll talk about that later on when I need to talk to about how we install our stuff. So in the final uh, chapter on on the screens is going to be how I get, we call it our Y, that is our tight end. Um, Some people call it their H, we do have an H uh, and I'll talk to you about each of those spots and then when, when it becomes our tight end I'll show you a couple of those. Number one screens for those kids for us to get involved are going to be on shuffle passes, and then we do have a rollout screen where we'll throw back to them, and then we have a middle screen um, that we can throw to them. All of those are going to be blocked a little bit differently, and uh, that's one of the areas we're looking for improvement. We've got uh, a chance to have a pretty good uh, group of wise coming into our program, and uh, we want to take advantage of them. When I get to chapter four, I'm gonna be talking to you about footwork and timing. Um, The footwork and timing that are going to be involved for us uh, at at three different positions. So first off, footwork will be footwork for our quarterbacks, and we will also be talking to you about the footwork for our receivers. Um, For our line play, we, I will talk to you about our line play, but that's going to be more steps than footwork and, and how we teach that. Uh, the next part of that, chapter four, is also going to be involved on timing, how we time up our screens. And we feel like this is probably the most critical thing that uh, has to happen is good timing on screens has to happen. If you don't time up your screens well, you're not a good screen team and how we go about that. In chapter five, I'm going to talk to you Um, about line play. I am our offensive line coach now, Um, only have been for the last couple years. Before that, I've done quarterbacks, I've done running backs, so I've I've coached all our positions uh, other than receiver in in my 18 years and that basically comes down to what I have coming back on my staff. But I'll be able to talk to you at length about the different things that we see about our line blocking that I wouldn't have been able to do probably three years ago uh, that I feel very comfortable in now. And then we'll talk to you about the different ways that we will block with our receivers and, and the rules for our receivers. And our, all of our kids would be able to tell you, if you don't block, you don't play. And uh, we don't get you the ball. So that is pretty much how it works. And if they're not a blocker, they're not going to play. We have kids that are not as good blockers, and they come off the field. But if they are still electric when the ball is in their hands, we'll try and figure out how to get them on uh, on the field. But uh, we're going to get them on the field, get the ball in their hands, and then get them back off the field because ultimately, at all positions for us other than quarterback, if you're not a blocker, you're not going to play. And we're certainly not going to try and figure out how to get the ball in your hands. Uh, Our chapter six would be the play actions and the gimmicks uh, that we do off of our screens so that when we play those teams that are trying to take advantage of our screen game, what we have built in to go ahead and take advantage of them. And uh, this is probably the most important part uh, in your screen game is not only do you have to get very good at the timing of your screen game, you have to be able to block the screen game very well, but then you also have to have these built in, uh, gimmicks or, or uh, opportunities to take advantage of teams that are going to overplay your screen game. For example, everybody we play knows that we're going to run 10 screens a game. Uh, or maybe more if they're really going well. But they're going to see at least ten of those, and how they game plan those. Am I going to go after gimmicks early and set up the screens? Am I going to go after screens and then set up my uh, gimmicks late? Um, those are those are all the chess match that is what makes the game of football so great. And then finally, our uh, give you a little take of our summer schedule and how we install our. Um, screen package from the very beginning, and that's what a, one of the things that uh, I think a lot of people want to know. Well, how much time am I going to have to invest in our system if I'm going to become um, a really good screen team? As I told you, our goal um, in our screen, our our goal in our offense is to run 70 plus plays in a game. Well, I just told you, 10 of those are going to be screens in a game or more, but I'm always going to run on average, I would say 10 or more screens in a game. And I think one of those that you have to weigh out, if you're going to run 70 plays, 10 of them are going to be screens. You know How much time am I investing to to get what uh, essentially is becoming 15% of your total offense? And I'll show you a way that we can incorporate all of those things and get very good at them. So I'll walk through our practice plan with it and how it doesn't eat up more time than it deserves but still it gives us the proper amount of time to be able to run a good screen game. So that's the chapters I'm going to be going over today and um, I, I plan on giving you a little bit of break between each chapter and, and because of that um, I, I hope that I keep your interest all the way through and that you're able to come back and check out parts that you maybe didn't quite understand. So up first is going to be our bubble screens. Those are going to be thrown to our slot receivers. And two by two uh, sets, this will definitely be thrown to our slot receivers. In three receiver sets, uh, you'll see it can be either one of the into interior slot receivers. And a question I often get for people is, uh, how do you know who's going to get the ball? And honestly, when I call the play, um, we've spent so much time scouting it in, in during the week and that our quarterbacks understand. But ultimately, it comes down to those two receivers determining who's going to get the ball and who's going to be the blocker. And uh, if you've got a system and a, and a group of individuals that doesn't care who's getting the ball, but they just want a successful play. It works out really well. We've had more selfish kids in the past that know that that should have been their ball. Um, I had a great group of kids this year. Honestly, my kid that played Y for us this year was probably too unselfish. He always wanted to be the blocker rather than the kid getting the ball. Um, so I'm gonna show you how we get those two guys involved. I also talked to you, I do have a way that we're able to uh, t fly our tailback and also get him involved on that bubble screen. And basically it becomes a swing with three blockers out there and still able to get our tackle. So. That, that's one of the ones that I'm going to show you. And like I said, I'm going to have plenty of video on our bubble screen. And uh, that, that's what it's talking about there on that slide when it tells you a video. Um, up next will be our quick screens. Some people call it Now. Some people call it Miami. I'm sure there's a million names for it. This is where we're getting the ball out of his hand. Both of these screens so far, it is get the ball out of your hand as quickly as you possibly can and get the ball to our playmakers in space. And if we have a chance to be one-on-one with somebody, we expect our athletes to be better than yours. Unfortunately for us, have been blessed with some great ones. And that's the case. If we can get it to one-on-one, outside the hash marks, and if we make you miss, we're going to take it to the house. And that's really um, what you need to have. And I feel like we have the athletes to do it, but I feel like most schools have the athletes if they would invest the time uh, in order to get them the ball. So. Quick screens out on the edge, I'll show you how we get it to our split in In two by two sets, I'll show you how we get it to our split in in three by one sets, both to the three side and to the single receiver, which can be a little bit trickier. And then the last one I'm gonna go through there is that tunnel screen. And looks like my picture was a little big there for you. But what it says is I can get this to either the split in, the slot, or the rec- single receiver call and that will be all set up by me, and that was one they will not have to communicate for. Uh, They would know who's getting the ball by a call we, we would send in on the sideline. So hopefully that makes sense, and I know it will make sense after I show you the video on all of these. Okay, Uh, now I'm going to talk to you, and incidentally, our our bubble screens we call Boston, and you can probably figure out where we got that name at, but I'm going to give it to you statistically for us. We tell our quarterback and receivers we have to convert these at an 80% rate. And I'm not kidding you, I couldn't even have made these numbers up, but our screen game this year in 14 games, that's what we play in Illinois if you can play all the way to the state championship, we ran 174 screens in 14 games. So you can see I told you our goal is that we're going to run 10 screens a game. We were actually a little closer uh, to 11 to 12 screens a game uh, this year. Again, we take what the other team gives us. But you know, if you play Moreau Forsyth, you know you're gonna prepare for our screen game. So this year we ran bubble screen 34 times for 402 yards and four touchdowns. We completed that at 28 of 34. So we were 82% completion anytime we run our bubble screen. And I'm gonna show you when you see on video, but I think the biggest, most important thing that I have changed on bubble screen is that we now teach our um, receivers to open up and backpedal depending on coverage. And so I'm going to show you real quickly what I mean by that. Um, Our receivers will actually open up to our quarterback, sit down like they're boxing out, and that way our quarterback has a target with a huge radius for us to be able to complete that ball. Where the old bubble screen, the way I would teach it was we would open up at 45 and we would show our hands and expect our quarterback to put the ball right there. And if he missed within more than a foot of any direction, it was going to be an incomplete pass. Now, the way we open up, backpedal in athletic position and have that radius of what we feel like is about an eight foot radius for our quarterback to hit. We tell our quarterbacks all the time, aim small, miss small. So our kid's still trying to throw at the upside shoulder. That's where he's trying to hit it. But if he misses and we throw to the backside shoulder, that ball's still gonna get caught. And even if it's not caught with him in stride, it's still going to produce positive yards. As I told you, we completed 30 or 28 of 34 of those 402 yards. So we're still getting them, and we're getting them out at a 15 yard, uh, a catch clip and we're able to do that because we are never going to take negative plays as I as I told you we completed 82 percent of our, our Boston's um, so for us that's not going to put the ball on the ground it's not going to waste it down I know if you talk to some old-school guys you know if you throw the football uh, you know three things are gonna happen and two of them are bad, we try and eliminate that. My quarterback this year was a sophomore. He completed 67% of his passes, but you're gonna see on these total stats for our screen game this year, he was 140 for 174, which was exactly 80%, which is our goal in our screen game and uh, that was without me doctoring the numbers. I was actually shocked when I pulled it for the presentation uh, to see that as well. Again, this is a sophomore quarterback that got better every week. He ended up completing 66% of his passes on the season, threw for 2,400 yards. Sky's gonna be the limit for him, but we get him comfortable and feeling like he's a real quarterback. Uh, he completed 213 passes, 140 of them were screens. So we've got him confident and locked in and ready to go. And uh, because of that, we we have a very bright future with him. And um, our kids start doing this. We start tackle football in the fifth grade. We start flag football in the first grade. And our kids are literally installing their quick screen and their bubble screen when we start flag football. It- in first grade. That's the only passes we teach them, but we expect those to start in first grade. I've got a freshman son right now um, that, that plays both freshman and JV for us, and, and he's been able to pretty consistently throw the a bubble screen and, and the quick screen with no laces, hitting on front shoulder most of the time and completing it to kids that can run and catch pretty consistently since the second grade. So I do think that's a big thing, we install that. Like I said, those are the two pass routes that we teach. Uh, the two two pass plays other than the everybody go deep pass play that every flag football coach probably installs. So those are gonna be the three things that we install. Incidentally, this is kind of beside the point, but our kids start the, the flag program with us in the first grade. They not only have two volunteer dads as coaches, but I also assign them two juniors and two seniors on my football team that are going to be out there. We tell those kids their main job is just to make high fives uh, and make every kid's day It'd be great and make sure they want to grow up and play Trojan football. But one of the other things that they would be helping install would be like how we would uh, install a screen game. So that has been a big part of us. So bubble screen, 28 of 34 this year, 402 yards, four touchdowns. When we get to our uh, uh, quick screen, Um, we were even better actually. We were 32 of 36 for 246 yards. However, we did not score any touchdowns off of that. And you can see the yards per catch weren't quite as good. I don't run as many, but we also complete them at 88% of the time. And um, so we feel really good about that and that's gonna take us to my most popular screen, which is going to be this tunnel screen that we had talked about. And it is my newest screen. It is our biggest play potential in my opinion. And the stats didn't quite bear it out as much as I thought it would. And uh, we don't complete it as well. So it's gonna be something that I'm gonna to have to go back and look at because I knew in my mind as our offensive coordinator, that this was gonna be our go-to play. It's still been a very good play for us, but as I looked at these stats that I pulled for the presentation, it wasn't as good as I thought. We were 26 for 42, that's 61% completion. Again, nowhere near the 80 that we expect. We had 382 yards off of that and we did score four touchdowns so it is an explosive play out of our 26 completions on that we took four of them to the house but the stats don't bear it out i'm at 61 so we've got to do a better job of that going forward and then with only the 382 yards uh out of out of those 42 attempts Uh, It wasn't as good as our our bubble screen and uh, I'm gonna have to get that fixed and also uh, Probably should have been running more bubble screen because of the screens that I ran I ran 42 tunnel screens on the season and the next closest was I ran the um, uh, Quick screen and I also ran shuffle pass 36 times so each of those my, my best screen was the bubble screen however It's the one that I ran the least amount of times other than the running back screens that we are going to be talking about next. So that's kind of the stats for how our screen game works. I'll continue to talk to you about our screen game and how that works as we're headed forward. So I talked to you a little bit about receiver screens. I promise there's going to be a lot of video. I'll be talking a lot more extensively uh, and showing you things when we actually get to the huddle. But I kind of broke this presentation down so that people uh, can, can kind of see all parts and skip around as they want to. So the next part, chapter two, is our running back screens. And basically, this is going to be our slow screens off of our drop back passing game. And I'm going to have plenty of video uh, that I'm going to show you on that. But uh, the big thing is on these screens that are so much different, we are holding the ball on this. So every screen that I just talked to you about in chapter one, it is get it out of your hand as fast as you possibly can. Don't care about laces, don't even care as much about our placement. We're still aiming at front shoulder for all of our screens. but. For our quarterbacks, it's about get completions and get it out of your hand. We want our best athletes to have a head start against your best, uh, or hopefully your weakest defenders out on the edge with the chance if we can make one miss, we can take it to the house. Our running back screens are totally opposite than that. And this is going to be what we sell off of our drop back passing game. So we are in the shotgun probably 85% of the time. Uh, do have screens that we run under center. Honestly, didn't run it one time this year, so we won't talk about it at all. Um, b- but we could run the exact same uh, drop back screen from under center, so it would be definitely something that you could install if you're an under center team. So the way we teach this is in our pass protection um, with our running backs, nothing should change except they're going to end up releasing their guy. So for example, in an even pass protection for us, our center would identify your front and yell out even or odd. If he yells even, he then picks the direction that he is going to go so that he has the A gap. Okay. So for example, our center identifies that you're in an even front, you're in a 4-3 cover 2. So he identifies even and he says left. That puts my center stepping to the left A gap, my guard stepping to the left B gap, and my uh, tackle sitting to the uh, left C gap. That would put my tailback has the right A gap. It would put my right guard in the right B gap, and it would put my right tackle in the right C gap. So why I tell you that is, nothing is going to change uh, for my running back. So he heard even left, He's going to fill right side a gap and then he is going to release. So the way we are going to teach that is our tailback steps up, normally takes on a full man and wants to hit him square and our aiming point is that we're putting our shut emblem right underneath your chin as you want to become that blitzing linebacker or a slanting nose guard that happens to be coming across there. So the difference is, when we're running this screen, is we allow him to block a half a man. So now, as he attacks that A-gap, and we were going to our right, he would actually block with his left shoulder, allowing himself to get beat to the inside. Our quarterback will be in his dropback game. So for us, from the gun, our quarterback is five yards deep. He would also then be running a quick three, which is going to be one, two, three, and and as that rush is coming, our running back will release his player to the inside, and then our quarterback will backpedal, backpedal for two with a really high release and be dropping off to our running back, to our right, um, a right slow screen that would allow him to catch the ball basically behind where the tackle had set up. So, uh, I'm going to talk to you a lot more about blocking for us, but the way that would work is our running back is going to step up, he's going to block a gap, he's going to allow himself to get beat inside, which is key because we don't want somebody reading him, and as he gets beat inside, he will naturally progress with a 45-degree angle back behind our tackle, and that's where he is going to catch the ball. I'll go in much greater detail about how we block that, but to give you the very basics for it, is our two tackles, when they hear slow screen game, are pass setting. So we want the other team to read that this is a pass. We want their best pass rush. This is also another time for our tackles We are always telling them never get beat inside on a pass rush and we're also always telling them to block a whole man, we never block a half man in pass protection. But in this, in slow screen game, we are telling them one, block a half a man and two, get beat inside. So our kids would overextend, if I'm the right tackle right now, I would overextend to my right. I would get hands on and I would allow you to beat me to the inside, but I'm still going to lock on, I'm going to run with you, and I'm going to let you think that you are beating me into a pass rush sack situation. At that time, our running back should be releasing right where you were and should be catching the ball there at his right side 45 after he's attacked the A-gap with patience. For us, it's a 1,001, 1,002 count gets beat inside, releases out, tackle pass sets, and then for us, we will be releasing our guard, our center, and our guard off to our right, and they would be blocking. We try and make them sound like uh, roadways, and so we tell our kids that they would be blocking the sideline, the alley, and the freeway, and so you've got player number one uh, to the sideline, probably a corner that has read the play, You've got player number two, which is either going to be a middle linebacker that's got into curl hook or a safety that's red and coming downhill. And then you've got your freeway, which is going to be either your free safety, backside linebacker that was into his curl hook, or if you were in a too deep zone, then it's going to be the backside safety that we would be picking up. That is how our slow running back screens go. And again, going to show you a lot of video. I'm going to give you the stats on that. It is not a play we run as much. Uh, Definitely don't run it as much as our quick screens. This year, um, we were, uh, the running back screen to our right, we were four for six with 40 yards and zero touchdowns. So again, completed it 66% of the time in our semifinal game. Uh, this year in a driving, sleeting snow, the worst atmosphere I've ever played a game in. Our quarterback does actually throw a touchdown in that one, except he threw it to a defensive lineman for the other team, and it went the other way. So uh, we actually did throw this for a touchdown uh, to the wrong team. So I don't want to tell you that they're all great. So we were four for six, 40 yards, no touchdowns. Or you could say we were five for six uh, with about 90 yards and a touchdown, except one of them would have been to a defensive lineman that was being lazy and picked it off, uh, slipped out of our quarterback's hands, and went, went the other direction. That is the slow screen to our right. We prefer to throw our slow screen to our left. So if I go back to that even pass protection, on this play, I would ha- expect my center to be yelling even right. That would step him to the right. As I said, the A gap. That would allow my running back to step into the left side, uh, A-gap. None of the rules change, and we run it more to our left. I didn't realize I was this dominant in it until uh, I pulled these stats. But we were 18 for 20, so combined we ran 26 of those. We ran 22 of them. To our left side, we're completing that at 90%. We ran that 18 for 20, 230 yards, and two touchdowns. So total combined, I was 22 for 26, 270 yards and two scores on our running back slow screen. We're only going to run that one one or two times. We're going to run it, I'll be honest, I'll self-scout you for the people that are watching me that I'm going to actually play. We're going to run that when I am uh, first, second, or third and long and I am trying to pick up some cheap yards. You've sent in everybody uh, and I'm expecting you to bring a great pass rush. Maybe you're going to blitz everybody. That's when I'm going to dial this screen up. I'm hoping I'm not in those situations very much and that's why we've only ran it 26 times in 14 games this year, so we're not even quite running it two times a game. Some teams at our level typically always have what we call screen sniffers, the big nose guards, uh, the big three techniques that don't pass rush anyway, like they never put any pressure on us. They're the worst players on this because they just hang out. They don't go get your quarterback. These are miserable to practice and practice because our kids do a really good job of yelling it out, cheating on screens. So I'll give you one little tip how we practice these is anybody, we've got a coach that's standing there and uh, we, we've got a couple older gentlemen that come to almost every one of our practices. Most of them bring Tootsie Pops or something like that because they enjoy being around the kids. And we tell them all hey, if you touch my quarterback during screen game, then you can head over there and get a Tootsie Pop from Bubba, which is uh, the the guy that's going to be standing there at practice. We get great pass rush effort and allows me to time up my screens correctly. but it seems inevitably, when we get stopped, it's a kid that is actually being rewarded for being lazy on the play, because he wasn't pass rushing. You do play occasional kids, uh, I think our kids do a very good job of recognizing screen, but in most cases on these slow screens, uh, when it's defended, you rewarded a kid that wasn't giving great effort in the first place. So we actually prefer to run these against the best teams that we play. The best pass rushers, the best motors, um, to be able to do it. So that's our slow screen game. And I'm also going to talk to you about how we do involve our um, running back in what we call T fly. So for me, our motions on T fly, we signal T fly to the right, T fly to the left. And I can run that bubble screen with the exact same blocking, except let's say I'm in three by one to my left. And I call T fly to the left. Now I'm releasing my tail back early. So for us, it's down, set, hit. So when he says down, he kicks him, he takes off full speed, set, hit, he's gonna turn. He's still doing that exact same thing. So my running back is sprinting out to his left. And when he gets outside the tackle, he'll open up and start to backpedal, give the big window so that we can complete what we teach all the time, the eight foot radius to be able to throw it into. Any kid ought to be able to do this. We're still aim small, miss small, aiming at the front side shoulder of the running back, and when we hit him uh, in those positions, it can be a pretty special play for us. And I only ran that um, six times this year, and again, we were four for six on that, but it was for 97 yards and uh, a touchdown out of that. So we don't run that as much because we already get the ball to our tailback plenty and we don't really need to do that. But this is an opportunity for you to get those teams that are playing you. Uh, Maybe they're trying to play you. For us, we're counting the box all the time. So my quarterback has the opportunity to check screens anytime he wants. When we're counting that box, um, if we've already got three versus two over there, I don't need to get my running back over there and make it four versus two for us. We are already in good situation. But occasionally, against some of the better teams that we play, we will definitely want to do that and give us numbers. Um, And we've had great success off that. It's probably one of the things that we should do even more often, and that is how we get our running backs involved in our screen game. And uh, again, going to have a ton of video that I'm going to show you on how we get the running backs involved. But that covers what I'm going to cover in chapter two uh, and, and just shows you how I can get through each of those pieces. Again, I'm Josh Jostis from Moroa Forsyth High School in Moroa, Illinois, and if you're still in, I appreciate you still watching. So uh, I promise we're getting ready to get started on video and be done with the boring part of the presentation, in my, in my opinion. So hopefully you're learning something, but I know you're going to learn something if you keep watching. So chapter three, uh, we call this player, which is the right side slot receiver in a 2x2 two two set. That is our Y. Some people call him the tight end, we don't. He is identified as the Y. If you watch a lot of college football or pro football, a lot of people call this the H-back. We consider him all the same person. The only reason we don't call him the H is because our left side slot is actually our H receiver. So uh, for us, we're gonna have X and H, we're gonna have uh, Y and Z, and that's what we have. Uh, so we don't actually have something that is determined as the tight end. And our kids just know that is what the Y player is. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. That's why it says YH slash tight end screens. Our number one, without a doubt, is going to be our shuffle pass to him. Uh, we line this kid up all over. And um, by alignment, if we can get him in formation up underneath, and still be working stuff outside it has become very successful for us sometimes you have really dynamic kids there sometimes you have big physical blockers there Um, kid that graduated for me last year so graduated in 2016 uh, his name was logan also and he was a four-year starter for us he was about 6'1 225 played middle linebacker he was our y uh, he broke the school record in career catches with 110 career catches. And uh, the old record was 109 by a split in that we got the ball to in a million different ways. Uh, for Logan, it was quietly. He would catch about 20 shuffles a game. He would catch about 10 pop passes a game, and he might or, or year, and he might catch about 10 regular passes, you know, where we were throwing something. So for him, he was going to catch bubbles uh he was going to catch these shuffles he was going to catch rpo pops and he probably only caught about 10 actual passes that were thrown down the field in the whole season uh and, and broke our school record of 110 catches in his career so he graduates have a brand new kid first year starter coming in uh had always played football This is probably the most difficult position other than quarterback to play on our team because all of our formations and all of our changes in blocking assignments involve this kid. So he's got to be smart. We prefer him to be pretty athletic, and we need him to be big and physical at the uh, point of attack. That kid for us this year's name was Charlie Hubbard. Uh, Charlie was about 6'1 and 175 pounds, but really athletic. Not as big as what we would like, but very athletic. Not overly fast, but not slow. 4'9 kid, uh, but a really tough kid, very physical, and did an outstanding job for us this year. Uh, This year on those shuffles, we were 32 of 36 at 168 yards and two touchdowns so we're not gaining a lot of yards on these shuffles five or six yards but it's a nice quick hitting inside run and i don't have the stats that show it but i bet for that 168 yards that we have i bet we did something on the outside with the shuffle being defended well because my quarterback always has two options on the shuffle and it's going to be something to the edge or it's going to be the shuffle back inside We know if we throw it inside, that it's gonna be a more physical run play, but this is a way that you can get a true RPO slash screen and really put a bind on kids and it's an easy completion. So for us, again, 32 of 36, we completed 88% of these. One uh, other little reminder I would tell you is I would always tell every officiating crew uh, that we ever play hey everybody's going to get excited if we drop one of these that this is a fumble but it is not a fumble it's an incomplete pass and our kids won't move because I don't want to see a kid breaking an arm diving in for a ball that doesn't matter but everybody else is going to be excited and I warn that all year long and it's still every time which we only threw four incompletions on them but they're always a big deal. We had one in the state championship game. The ball was dropped uh, there. Uh, we ran it four times in the state championship game, completed three out of four. But the other one, you would have thought that we just cheated them by uh, you know, giving this fumble back. But the referee crew did. So that's another little pointer I would probably suggest to you as you're doing that. And the only other one, in our rollout passing game, we will often keep our tight end in and roll to a side, knowing we're going to throw to that side because we don't have Brett Favre and aren't able to throw back across our body. So when we roll right, we're either going to keep a split end out there and make him roll with us, so his, his uh, job would be backside post to hold that backside safety, or what we will often do is then go ahead and plant our tight end, our Y player, there at left side, we're going to roll right and then his job is just going to be to give us another pass protection guy and we have our three receivers everybody knows what side we're gonna be throwing the ball to quarterback has an easy read progression and uh, that's something we like to do because of that you're able to set that up set that up I literally ran this in the state championship game as the only time so I can tell you we were one for one for nine yards but it was on a third and seven on our 13-yard line with eight seconds left in the half of the state championship game, call timeout, bring the kids over, I've got one timeout left, and I said, now's the time. We've practiced this play at least once a week for 14 weeks at this point, for the one time we ran it this year. It goes for nine yards. Uh, Charlie, uh, as as I told you, gets caught on about the half a foot line, and now we have first and goal. Uh, down, we we ended up scoring, uh, not to give it away. So it, it ends up being 19 to 15 at half. But we were down at that time, 15 to 12. And uh, we we had the ball there with one second left on the half yard line. Able to call a good play, uh, ran a little buck sweep and able to get us into the end zone. Uh, but it felt like Charlie should have scored. And you're definitely going to see that one on video. But it was our rollout and again we were one for one it went for nine yards and we kept it in our pocket all year long so essentially what it is is our whole rollout passing game and our tight end blocks again allows himself to get beat inside lets that rusher go Uh, the backside corner that was in charge of him charlie even told me before the play he wasn't sure about it because the corner said i got him i got him And he's like, oh, crap, he's locked on me. And he's going to sniff this out. And as we rolled right, the corner went ahead and bailed and rolled across uh, to fill for the backside safety right there. And then as we pulled out our, and in this situation, we were able to pull not only guard, center, guard, but we were also able to get the tackle out there because we're rolling away from it. So we ended up with tackle, guard, center, guard and uh, we honestly don't even block it very well, but everybody left, we were able to throw that naked screen and when we needed it, we needed it, and uh, it it was very efficient for us. Um, Again, it was one for one on the year for nine yards and almost a uh, touchdown in the state championship game. At this point, I am now ready to start showing you video and uh, that gets us through our first three chapters, so I'm ready, as you can see there, it's got video. Um, so I'm ready to get rolling on this and excited to show you something that uh, hopefully you can pick up and learn. Um, I'm used to having questions at this point, so I'm going to try and explain it all the best that I can as we go through here. Um, but I'll happily take questions. I know uh, Coach Allbaugh is going to share some stuff uh, with you that, uh, and, and be happy to have any suggestions or questions that you have.